Hi, I'm Caroline. I'm a compulsive reader, bulimic, and restrictor. Hi. Hi. Um, it's nice to be here. I haven't been at this meeting since it was in the log cabin. Um, it's nice to see that it's still strong morning meeting. Thank you, Daphne, for asking me to lead it. Um, so, it's November 10th, right? Right? I think. Right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'm going to do my best. I know I'm being recorded. John, there's going to be a couple in here. I can't help it. I swear a lot. Um, so anyway, so this time of year is very nostalgic and, and special and kind of uh, it's a little cheesy, but like magical for me for a couple of reasons. Um, first and foremost, relating to this room, I, my abstinence date is October 23rd, 2004. And that's the day I had gone to some meetings, I had checked it out, I had cried through it, I had three syllables in my name, and I was always asked to say my name, and I'd get to like the second syllable, and I couldn't finish my name, I was crying so hard, because I never admitted out loud, I never admitted internally, I never, certainly never admitted to strangers that I had this thing, that I did this thing, this weird thing, you know? Um, And it was relieving and terrifying to be in a, in a room of people that did the things that I did. And beyond that, that felt the way about themselves and the things that they did. Like, it's one thing to eat all of the X, all the Y, all of the Z, but it was another thing, the way everybody felt about it. And that they put to words and came out of their mouth the way that I felt. I was, like, blown away by that. Um, so that was October 23rd. I called the woman that would be my sponsor for the first seven years I was in program. So I consider that to be my abstinence date because I said out loud, to someone, I can't do this, I need help. I could do everything, I needed no help in the 26 years or so prior to that. Um, also, <laughs> every woman in my family has a birthday in the month of November. My mother's the second, my sister's, I'm the 13th, my sister's the 14th, and my grandmother was the 26th. That meant for the entire month of November, there was a plethora of birthday cake in the fridge. There's also a holiday in November. <laughs> And I say that, and it's funny, and it's not, and it's sad, and it's funny, and it's not, and it's sad. But what the month of November was about to me, aside from being a kid and, like, the presence and the things, was how much of that cake, whosoever it was, was it my sister's, was it mine, was it my grandmother's, et cetera, how much of it could I get away with, uh, uh, what's the word, for sort of uh, slivering down before, one, it was noticed, and two, it went and it fell. Because, <laughs> you know, it, you can cut straight, but if you go in, you can't quite, you know. And then, like, right now, like, this is why I'm in here 13 years later. The whole room is laughing and nodding, and there's a mix of, like, <laughs> yes, because you get it. And then what if I got caught? And when I could hear them in two rooms away watching TV, if I could hear the creaking of the floor, somebody was coming, what do I do with the fork? Do I put it down my shirt? Do I throw it across the room, which I'd done? Do I put it under the couch? What do I do so I can get out before I get caught? When they go back in, how do I go back at the fork, hide it, get some more? Get all that. And that's what was going on from, like, I don't know, six years old to 26. I haven't had, I haven't had fucking, whatever, fuck, there, it's out, I'm done, I won't say it again. Um, I haven't had, uh, you know, birthday kick mine or others in the 13 years. And I don't particularly miss it because it wasn't fun. You know, it was that thing. How do I get some more without her noticing? Is she going to finish it? Like if I did, if I did how, do, how do I, how, uh, you know, and that was where I lived in my disease and that's how I was in my disease. None of it was external. 
Um, physically it was, but I just denied everything from here down, so we'll get to that in a second. But I never, you know, let it be known um, how, how much the manipulation and the going and the getting of food meant to me. Like, that was the, I don't know, I don't know, was it safety? Was it something to do? Was it quelling fears? Was it, was it this anxiety that runs fucking ah, through me that I can't help? I mean, some of this is caffeine-induced at the moment, but very little. Like, this is me. This is me. Um, and I accept it today. You know, and like I'll look at somebody and I'm like, I know, just give me two minutes before I run out of steam and then I'll, I'll be all right. Um, but back then it was just like this just ran like this. So what did I do? Like I smoked some cigarettes to kind of calm it down. And I ate, I ate something and I, you know, I did all of this stuff and I ate ferociously and I threw up ferociously and I played a sport ferociously. And I did all of those things at the same time. And there's moments that I'm like, how is my, again, we do the math three days I got a big birthday and I'm like how is my my body still like let's do this kiddo old kiddo um, it's still ready to go when I used to smoke and this is I just I mean, this is an, a meeting of overs and honest I have the ism and it was any way to like fix to calm me down to fix the thing so I used a lot of different things my primary uh, ism is an, is an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind when it comes to food but in order to satiate that I did other things cigarettes were my best friend you know and I would smoke a half a pack easy while having uh, two a days on a tennis court in August in the whatever not the south quite the south it was fucking hot <laughs> you know what I'm saying and I you know what and the night before uh, trying out I walked on, but the, trying the final tryouts, I remember eating an, an entire pizza. I actually heard something. This is semi-outside, but uh, any um, any person, uh, any pizza can be made personal if you just apply yourself. Which that was very funny, <laughs> right? Um, but I remember eating. Uh, I remember eating an entire one and throwing it up and smoking cigarettes out on the balcony, being I hope I make the team tomorrow. What you know? Um, so, uh, so, th th so this is November. This is November. So it's, it's birthday cake. It's being in here, and um, I also had just moved just around this time. It was my first fall in LA, and I'm from the East Coast. And I was like, oh, there's a little bit of a temperature change. <laughs> I can wear a sweater, but without sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so this, this whole time is very like I, I remember, literally 13 years ago, being like. Everything was new and crazy and weird. You know, I lived in West Hollywood. Everyone driving from New York, we walk. You know, it's sort of like, what is going on? But there was also this new layer of like, oh, this is being in life. Like, oh, oh, life, you know? And uh, my very first abstinence, uh, response used to say, you know, three meals a day with some life in between. And that was beyond terrifying to me because I only knew, you know, the, the extremes. I knew don't eat a thing for as long as you possibly can. Lean on your best friends, a.k.a. cigarettes. Or start, don't stop, go hard. <laughs> like get rid of it when you got it and keep going. So I remember, again, this sort of time uh, eating something when I woke up-ish. Maybe it was 8 o'clock, maybe it was 9 o'clock, depending on the night before it was 10.30. And then a couple of hours, and then eating something else, and then a couple of hours with the life, and eating something else. And I remember those early days. I, I wanted to think, oh, 
shit. I ate breakfast. I haven't eaten anything since. What the fuck? Like, it was crazy to me because I didn't know how to do that. And I... And then to be in a room, again, with people nodding, going, I don't either, and I didn't either. I just figured everybody knew, like, it's eating. I don't, I don't know. My family has no idea. We are all just sort of like ding-dongs, like, knocking around the house. You know, nobody talks about anything, so we're all just like, Bleh! you know. <laughs> anyway, that's what it came from. So, um, totally all over the place. Uh, so I believe I was a compulsive overeater out of the gate. Uh, I remember being filled with fear around six, seven years old. Um, Space freaked me out, literally, like, out there, because I didn't know, which is so indicative of me. I didn't know where it ended. I know that wall ends right there. I didn't know where that thing ended, and I would love to torture myself by thinking about it and freaking myself out, and I just went down, like, just down. And I just remember that time of being so afraid, and I don't know if just in a little enclosed space with something with a spoon that was cool and soothing, if that's what kept me safe, but, like, that's where I really remember it starting. Um, and... Uh, um, eight and eight and eight, but I was an athletic kid, so it kind of balanced itself out. And then I realized how I could have my cake and eat it too and get away with it, and I was so much smarter than you guys, which was to eat everything plus and then get rid of it. And I thought, I have found it. And that's what got me through, like, mid-high school through walking in here. Um, and uh, I don't know, it worked. I don't know why I have it. I had it. It, it just, it, it made sense. It was the thing to do, and it was a way to pseudo be with you. It was a way to pseudo in, engage, engage with you. With you, just stay over there. But I'm going to engage with you sort of via a meal, but I'm praying you're not really paying attention to what I'm eating, and then you'll go away, and I'm going to have another one with you. You two know each other, but you don't know that I'm having, you know, like that's how I rolled, and it would go on and on, and then I'd find some way to sort of disappear um, shady is kind of what I was <laughs> and would get rid of it and then do it again and it was like living you know ten different lives within the day with ten different people um, and which which sort of facet of myself or my personality was the one that I knew you gelled with so I'd be that for you and that for you and then this one over here for you and I have no idea what you're talking about but I'm going to pretend like I know because I just need to be okay by everybody not love not adored we're not going to even you know shoot that high you know let's aim let's aim here just okay just like a stranger being like she can stay in the world yep we'll let her she yeah she's okay to stay in the world like that's how he needed to be um and uh, and like I look, like I knew what I was doing wasn't normal, but I I didn't share it. I kept it to myself because there was such shame, and that shame was so deep from being really little and keeping it to myself. And that's that's the first thing that I found when I first walked into my very first meeting in here, which is other people, like I said, that maybe had nothing in common with me except this thing and this thing that I didn't I can't express enough how much I didn't talk about this and it wasn't like a fun thing I didn't have binge buddies it wasn't like sorority and we held each other's hair back like no <laughs> yes I was in one but no like this was me solo you know and um, just to hear people that my very first meeting was in a home uh, in I think it was Studio City there was four of us and like seven cats and there was someone smoking a cigar, and like I was the youngest by 20 years. And I was like, oh, 
and this woman began, right, there was a, uh, it was like March-ish, so I, my, my absence date is October, this is March of that, earlier that year, obviously, and uh, this woman was talking about how it was a rainy weekend, and her grandchildren were visiting her, and they weren't able to go to whatever amusement park, whatever they were going to do, and said they'd bake cookies over the weekend, and it was the first time that she had spent with her grandkids, and the weekend wasn't about the cookies, but it was about being with the grandkids. Cigars, fucking cats. 20 years older than me. I don't have grandkids, but I know what it's like for a weekend to be about baking cookies and not the same. My grandmother's funeral was about the cheese, you know, and I understood that, and I hated that I understood that, and I was like, oh, and I believe that day was like the beginning of this concession to my innermost self, as it says in the book, that I have this thing, because there was no reason for me to have any idea what she was talking about, except that, like, I got that, I understood that, um, and that freaked me out for days. Um, and I continued to go to meetings, and I continued to hear, like, bits and pieces of my story. Uh, and so, um, where do we go? Uh, so October 23rd, 2004, I decided, I called this woman, and I decided this is the person that's going to know everything, who knew and knows more than anyone, because no one knew anything. I very selectively told you certain things that you didn't know, that, you, you know, like, I... Nobody's going to know everything, because then what? Then I'll be found out. Then I'll be exposed. Then I'll be vulnerable. Then something. Then I won't have anything that's mine, you know? Um, and so she did. You know, I met with her every... Uh, I called her every day at, like, 6.45 or someone got the hour. She's like, what are you doing at 6.45? And I was like, nothing! Uh, and I called her, and she would ask me, you know, how was I feeling? I was fine. I was fine for about two years, and then I started to actually say things. Um, but I called her. And we met on Sunday mornings before a women's meeting, you know, and, and that is what I did. And um, for those that are new or, or struggling or anybody, you know, this is the only thing I've done in my life. Let me try that again. This is the thing I've done for the longest time in my entire life, literally other than breathe and probably talk, <laughs> you know. For 13 years I have come back in here, you know. Um, imperfectly. Uh, I've lived a lot of life in 13 years, you know, between heartbreak, between hair changes, between moving, between um, being so afraid of one thing, between letting certain foods go, between picking other foods back up, between being like, I don't want to do this, I'm going to do it anyway, okay, thanks, bye, and doing it, you know, um, but the one thing that I have not done, which is my absolute bottom line, and this is specific to me, is that I don't get rid of the food that I eat, because that was always my out. Recall the word shady. I want to get out of things, whatever it is, uh, plans I made with you, uh, 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 leases, holy shit, leases, you want me to sign something, you mean 12 months from now, I go, what, I want out, I don't want anything to, because I don't know, I need to go, it's a thing, and I understand that, again, however many years into, uh, I don't want to be accountable, yeah, you know, surprise, and so I don't want to be accountable for the food that I eat. I don't want to be accountable for how much you hurt my feelings. I don't want to be accountable for how much I love you and you won't let me bet. Like, whatever it is, I don't, I don't want that. So I understand that to be uh, nothing matters, nothing sticks, you know. And I lived a lot of, of, of my life that way, going and seeing places and experiencing things, it not being right and wishing whatever, my pants were looser, my hair looks better, whatever the thing is. And I think, well, well, next time I'm here, I'll do it right. Driving in a, a bus past the Eiffel Tower in some year in high school, I think with a baguette in my pocket, being like, uh, I'll see it again. <laughs> 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 I 
sidebar. I did see it again a month ago, but that was a long time ago. You know what I mean? It, like nothing was nothing matter about what was happening. I'll go back and do it again. Like na- what about now? What about right now? You know? Um, so uh, let's see. So I came in here. Look, I know I needed to be in here. I knew it was a thing. This thing always chased me. There was days that I was good. There were weeks that I was good, but I was always going to throw up again. It was my go-to. It was like when it gets to be too much. When life is like here, I can get rid of it. You know? Um, totally lost my train of thought. Um, I know I'm powerless over food. Like step one was one of was like the easiest and the most obvious. And I feel like every day that I walk into a room, I'm I'm, I'm admitting that. You know, I think we we're all in here like that. We're doing step one right now. I think you know if anything's resonating and if you're nodding and even if it's not, you're just sitting in here. Um, struggled with with a higher power, like. Not so much, yeah, I went to Sunday school and things like that, but I didn't struggle so much with the religious, excuse me, it's early, the religious aspect of it, but I struggled with what's that thing that's looking out for me going to do when I'm face, like, face down in the food and really full? Because there's really very little that will stop this will from pulling the hair back and getting rid of it because it's so quick and it's so easy and it's not that's not a struggle for me that's like easy you know how is that what's how is that thing going to do that and i struggled for a very long time with that um (laughs) is that a warning yes that's five um five minutes okay i gotta roll okay so so I have, I have never thrown up like on my own, by my own hand, right? That has never been done. However, I came in here and the I, food was really, really small because it was what I could do to not throw up, to not flip that switch, to not trigger that need to do it. So my shit swung from the chandeliers uh, for the first um, few years in here. And it just had to. It's just part of my story. I'm still absent and I share it um, for the person or people or whatever who are going through the same thing. You know, mine was not like, and we're done throwing up and here we go. You know, uh, I ate to the point of being, of being full and having to sit in it. Not in what I ate, but sit with the feeling. Um, I, but, but the difference was I showed up. <clears throat> and I tell this one story. There was a, a, a friend and fellow who was having um, an engagement party. And I lived in walking distance to a very expensive, like stupidly expensive grocery store. But I didn't give a shit because I could walk to it when I needed to. You know what I mean? And I went and I bought like a $12 jar or something, which should be $4 in another grocery store. But it's this damn grocery store. Ate it in, in one fell swoop and uh, had to go to some like place for this engagement party. And so, like, so full, guys, like, up to here, where it's just like, I'm just going to get there and just, you know. And I did. And I, I showed up in a, in a uh, dress that I had purchased for myself. Thank God tent dresses were in at the time. And I rocked that tent dress. And I showed up. And, like, if I moved, oh, Jesus, if I moved too much, I probably would get sick. And I was, like, uh, like, bouncing in the club. But I just showed up for this person, you know, and then sort of waddled back home feeling like hell. But that was the difference. Like, I don't know how to show up with food in me. Fuck, you know. Um, so uh, I did what I had I, I, that's what had to happen and there was one night I had every intention of stopping at a cheaper grocery store this time because I was in a different part of town to pick up the thing and I just didn't want to 
and there was no like parting of the seas and the cl- and the lightning and the thing and the well, I just was like I, oh, I just can't be fucked to do it you know and I just drove home and I just woke up the next day and it wasn't here maybe I won't do it again today I don't know you know sorry I'll say that <laughs> for the folks at home I said maybe I won't do it again today and uh, I didn't and haven't you know but I still there's still some foods that I get into because I want to see what that's about I'm going to do this I do it imperfectly but I have to be accountable and that's what I want to wrap in like my two and a half minutes I don't want to be accountable I said that earlier that's where I get rid of my food that's why I will never tell you that you hurt me or all of those things now if I eat it all of it eat a little bit more of it I'm accountable for it I have to sit in it guys it sucks but we are you know unable to recall with sufficient force I'm botching this the um Somebody help me out. The just destruction of merely a week ago. You know, I have this. I forget it. That's why I have to come in here and remind myself that I'm powerless over food. Uh, that a power greater than me can relieve me of the obsession. Um, where to now? Where am I now? Um, I'm going to end with, okay. So I've, I heard, you know, life beyond our wildest dreams. I heard when I first came in here and I always pictured horses, like, galloping. <laughs> I did, whatever. Like, I don't know. And then the other thing I heard was, like, stay for the miracle, wait for the miracle. Da, da, da. And I kind of loved that. But, like, my miracle is very specific. The miracle I'm waiting for is the fucking job. Do you know what I mean? Like, stay for the miracle. I was like, all right. We've got 13 years to bring it. You know, where's that miracle? I wanted that one thing. What's miraculous? Where's that $20 bill I'm going to find in the street? Like, what's the miracle? You know, that's me. That's like a Caroline-generated miracle is like, I would like to thank. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I heard in an, out, in an outside-ism thing um, that has to do with 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 that creative career uh, so, sort of set on a, as an aside and this is not that long this is like maybe a month and a half ago that a miracle is, is merely a shift in perspective and I was like and I'm dead that I can understand I gotta stand up for this that I can understand you know wait for the so, so if we put that into the change the wording it's like stay for the shift in perspective <gasps> oh my god and that that just blankets so much because I think I know I thought it it's, it might as well be gospel. Bless you. Uh, it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. This is the thing. That's the thing. Whatever it is. Thank you. I hear that. That's it. I thought of it 30 seconds ago. It didn't happen yet. Like, this is, I, I want my money back. Where's the thing? You know, but stay for the shift in perspective. And that shift can just be like, maybe it's coming. Check your email tomorrow. Maybe that magical one will be in there. And that can calm this <laughs> down. Just stay for the shift in the perspective of maybe it's not that bad. Maybe you're all right. Maybe she didn't mean that. Look, I'll read into anything you say. You know, like maybe. Um, okay, so I'm going to be quiet. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader... Uh, are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. It's being recorded, which is happening. Uh, please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. 
Uh, it's being recorded. Please restate the question uh, okay, after it is asked. Okay, so any um, uh, questions? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Caroline. Thank you for speaking. It's great to see you. See you. My question is, which you've taught me, could you please um, talk about God is nothing or God is everything in the big book and um, how you experience in that and for your Sure, sure. So the question is... Um, Exploring God is everything or God is nothing. Um, thanks, Daphne. Um, so I had that same sponsor for the first like seven or so years, and then I um, freeballed it. Sorry, <laughs> for like two. Sorry, for like two years. I was like, I kind of did this for a while. Like I can, you know, whatever. I got no. I don't have this at all because I can say it to myself all day long. But like, you know. So I called a woman whom I had known since I had first walked in. Um, and she would talk about uh, sweating when she was nervous and having anxiety. And I was like, you're my girl. <laughs> and um, I started over again. And when we got to three, she told me to live a day as if God were everything. What would that be like? Write it down, etc. And then I did that. Really good day. <laughs> really kind of cool day. The next day was the opposite, as if God were nothing. And it was just like, there's nowhere to go. Like... Then there's no point, like all the good things, who cares, and all the bad things, obviously, you know. Um, and that, to me, uh, goes back to the idea of the, the shift in perspective. Like, if there's something bigger than me, which is a higher power, which I didn't really get to talking about, but um, then every little thing has to be a piece of this, this bigger whole that's not being conducted by me. And that goes back to me saying, I can't see outside that, well, I can see because the door's open, so my whole, you know, thing is blown, but I can't, <laughs> I can't see beyond, I can't see beyond this wall. Like, I, I think I know what's out there because I was there an hour ago, you know, but like, I can't see it. But a power greater than me, like, can like pull back and see the whole thing. I can't. I kind of know what the rest of the day is going to look like, you know? But I'm in it. I'm right here. I can't, I can't see it. And there's really no way for me to always, like, how do I do that? So it's just trusting that something else has got it, has got all of it, you know? And then that begs the question, well, bad things or good things happen and that kind of stuff. It's like, I don't know. If I, could, if I, if I were to pull back and see the past 13 years, all of the trips and falls and bumbles and great things and all that led to me sitting on this desk in Beverly Hills, you know? Why? I still don't know. So God has to be in every single thing or otherwise I'll lose my mind because um, I want to know why. What does that mean? What does she mean? You know, ah, uh, all that. I don't know. Something else is God. God's in everything. And then I forget every 10 seconds and I call somebody. Tell me the thing. What's happening? I don't know. Maybe God's got it. Maybe you did enough for today. Okay. I don't believe you. Hang up. Call the next person. <laughs> like, that's what it looks like some days. <laughs> And actually what it looks like is I can barely make a phone call from my apartment. So I go running outside across the street with my dog. And I'm like, tell me about God. Uh, and then I go running back in like I'm a little gremlin. Like that's what it, that's what the, like, <laughs> legit, that's what this looks like. So that yeah, yeah. helps. Oh, that helps. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, you talked about aversion to accountability. Can you talk about your experience with Seth Yeah. Uh, Dan, is that right? Yeah. Okay, so... Steps eight and nine, and uh, being accountable. Um, way to hit the nail on the head there, Dan. Um, so, 
Yeah, I made the list. I checked it twice. Um, and tremendous change. You know. So, my first uh, amends, you know, some were to myself. Things that I won't do, don't do, to the best of my ability. One is throwing up. It's a pretty brutal thing to do to the body. And I remember in the days, I was like, well, I haven't lost a tooth yet. Well, no blood yet. Like, it's great. Setting the barbell high. Um, And to I go, okay, so to amend my past behavior of not being accountable for the things that I did or said. I very rarely outwardly said or did anything to you, but I didn't show up a lot of the time. So that was a big one. And right around first coming in here, uh, somebody waved the marriage wand back on the East Coast, and everybody got married within the same, I don't know, it seemed like two weeks. And I showed up to them, um, to the, you know, to the best that I could. When... Like it was like helter skelter in my brain, but I showed up anyway for these people, you know. Um, Also, uh, this is like something I really don't want to talk about, so thanks for that. Um, I had a lot of financial amends to make. Uh, I wanted it, I took it. And that was a living amends, which I sit here and tell you right now I have broken. Not super duper proud of that, um, but I would I, I amended, and I would whatever I had. I'd write a letter to these massive um, stores, companies, whatever, and I would put twenty bucks in, or I'd put five bucks in, whatever I could do, um, help to relieve some of the shame, you know, uh, and then when it has kicked back around years and years later it it bothers me um, but I'm accountable for it now because I'm saying it on a recording <laughs> you're all here my sponsor knows and I've, I've called a fellow to say look this is happening I don't love it you know um, but to amend is to change it and that's really all that I can do you know Carol hi Yeah, you know, I can relate to some of the best, the thing that you want to talk to a little bit afterwards, but um, how do you stay, how do you stay hopeful about being hurt Because I don't know about expectations. Yeah. So. Carol, dropping the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. All right, the question is how to stay, how to stay hopeful without getting hopes up. Um, so uh, I speak to my sponsor uh, weekly, a nightly check-in, which is just a message that I leave, and if I need it, I'll say, can you call me back about this, because I'm foaming at the mouth over it. But uh, we speak live on uh, Wednesdays, and, you know, the topic du jour is whatever happens to be happening, and I'll be spinning into infinity about something, and she'll let me go. She gives me like a minute and a half. She's like, okay, I'm going to stop you. And I'm like, I didn't get to it yet, you know. But I'm going to stop you. And she'll say, um, she'll say, do you believe, let me ask you a question. I know what's coming. She goes, do you believe you're powerless over that? Do you believe there's anything you can do about that? 
and I'm special. <laughs> then I'm like, well, because you're asking me. I know the answer is I'm powerless, but I do believe I can do something about it. You know? And I can't. And that's a great question. And I walk that line a lot. And um, I can't, I believe, I can't not have my hopes up. I can, this is tricky because it's like triple negative. I cannot not be like, this is my thing. That's me. This is the thing that's going to, these puppies, these were going to fix it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And they did for a minute. But like, that's how I am. Like, that's how I'm like hardwired. And then I think back in the day when, it, when these didn't fix it, I ate everything geared up. I don't do that anymore. So these are fun for a minute. Exactly. And then, so it, I pick up this, these tools and the little, like, tips and, tips and tricks is a tricky word, but, like, that we learn, you know? Um, sharing with a fellow. I think we were voice acting. I don't know. I don't remember. But it was like, you have to think for the God. Oh, I was listening to a message. doesn't matter. But as it was said, that's something you could put in the God box. I was like, oh, yeah. It's sitting right there behind me. And I grabbed my little post-its and I put it in there. And I'm very detailed. I'm like, this is the way I want that it to go down. And I know that you know that. And I know that you know, you know. And I put it in there. And I... And it's not like magic and then if the thing happens it's just like just let it go for a second I don't like to let things go I like to marinate on them and pull them apart and pull on the thread so like I'll set it aside I have to do something this afternoon I want it to go down a certain way what can I do learn it light it well make sure there's no glitches send it in by a certain time it's all I can do so I want to chase that email into the interwebs Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, bet I do. I can't. So it's like, okay. And then, and then I, I, the, the relationship I have with the power greater than me is I'm like, listen, you know I want this thing. So I need that shift in perspective, that miracle. Give me something else to, you know, let me do this and, and be done and keep going. And some days it's like, yeah, cool, I did that. Let's get these nails did or whatever. Let's go for a hike. Let's go, for, let's go take a breath. And some days I just bring it back and I come back to it and I pick it back up and I, you know. Good one. Uh, so the question is, how does how does a, a God of my understanding keep me from throwing up? Um, thank you. I uh, I came to what a power grade like specifically what my higher power is probably seven years in eight years in. Uh, sidebar. I was told fake it till you make it. It's very tricky for me. I'm bulimic. I faked everything. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh, that's creepy. I don't know about that. But I understood that you all believed that something kept you from this and that. So I kind of like, okay, I'll ride along with them for a while, you know. Um, but when I came to, uh, when it sort of hit me what my higher power was, it made so much sense. Um, I don't like to admit anything. I don't want you to know anything that matters to me. So you'll take it, you'll put it on a billboard, and you make fun of me for it. I don't know, something like that. So, um, when I came to like really personalize what my God was, it made so much sense. And I, I could have said it in high school or in the sixth grade, but I would never have admitted it. If this is making any kind of sense, it's something that really resonates with me. Um, and because of what it sort of embodies, there's this idea that it's not me. <laughs> that is very much like, all right, well, that one's not mine, but there's another one coming. Maybe it's mine, maybe it's yours, but there's another one. 
that is not where I come from. So, thank you. So that's my have power. It's like, we got, we got this. Like, it's cool. Chill. It's coming. When I am in it, so to speak, and want, would want to do something. And, and okay, so that was, that was how it actually became personalized to me. Prior to that, I think I kind of, I had that same feeling, but I couldn't articulate it. I can't articulate things. Things get stuck right here. Food gets stuck right here. Feelings get stuck right here. So I think all of that idea was in here somewhere churning around for six or seven years, and then it finally came into, like, fruition. So to answer the question, I believe that if I go back to there's something that's got this, something that can see out of that door that I can't. If I'm just in here, cabinets open, staring at the food, doing the food, doing this thing with the food, that's because I don't know. I need to know. I think we established this. I need to know what's happening out there. I don't know. I'm in here. <laughs> right? So I believe that... That, that kind of that, that, that idea or that notion of like you don't know so like let's chill for a second C- kind of like a calming not like I don't know if this makes sense, makes sense to me I'm calming myself down saying this um, if I believe that something bigger than me has got it has got what's going to happen with this thing this afternoon all of that there's no need for me to go and hurt and harm I hurt and harm because I'm not going to get the thing because it's not going to work out so if I'm like okay Something, something else has it. Sometimes it's Bodhi, that's my higher power's name. Sometimes it's people in this room. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's like, my dog has to go to the bathroom. I can't, like, go get into the fr- I gotta take her out or I gotta clean it up, you know? Um, <laughs> something else is taking care of it. Just, like, kind of ease up for a second. If somebody's got it. I, I came from, I guess, nobody else had it. So I gotta get it all and get rid of it. Yeah? Oh, and there was a time, uh, like, two years in, when I was so full and my hair was pulled back and I was like I just this is just gonna and the ego actually came into play which we have for a reason and my defects were assets and so they weren't any longer I was like I could just get this out but I had a sponsee who was gonna call me at 7 o'clock in the morning and I was like she's gonna have more time than me and how shameful and embarrassing <laughs> and all the things when uh, I'm like, I can't because I, you know, have it in my hair from throwing up last night. It worked. That's the closest I've ever come to doing it. And I was like, fucking ego. Like, coming in in the clutch, you know? <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, do you ever experience body obsession and if so, how do you deal with it? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, the question was, um, do I experience body obsession and how to uh, deal with it? Um, yeah, sure. I can catch my reflection in any surface. Um, walking by a window, I can like dart my eyes and see it and have a full, you know. Um, oh, look, I'm doing that thing. Oh, look. You know, whether the bone is jutting out or the jeans are uncomfortably tight. Wow, look at me making that about my worth in the world. Look at me looking at myself from that mysterious man in Starbucks that we talked about earlier who's like, oh no, she's not allowed to be in the world. You know, that's the thing. I'll be in it and I'll spin around in it for a while. 
and I put on something comfortable I put on the shoes that are going to fix it and you show up in the day anyway you know what I mean um, and it's hard also because of what I do um, and when I, I understand I believe that when I'm when I'm making it about that it then becomes about that um, I'll show up to a, uh, a, a job interview in that and I can suck because that's what I'm thinking about I'm not thinking about what I'm doing and like the fact that I'm supposed to be putting someone in jail I'm like how do I sit so that you don't see it when I'm doing that like I'm, I'm fucked you know um, yeah it's there there's times I wish it looked different and then there's times it has looked different <laughs> okay uh, and that stuff was great um, I remember going through breakup orexia it's a thing when I first came in here and uh, stopping in a uh, department store dressing room because my heart was broken I hear that thank you and uh, I was all alternating between sobbing because of you know going through my first heartbreak uh, a month into abstinence holy shit um, and uh, but I was in a size that I'd never been in before in these fucking white jeans and I was like <laughs> Like it was horrible and it was crazy and like that that that's it you know what I mean like if I'm making it about this it becomes about this and I'm just not in the world and I'm fucked uh, thank you